the top of Kepning. Pullback, step back three. Bottom! Mavericks, it's short. Tip back in. Weaver got it. Yes! Neely, the handoff. Jones for the tie. Oh, oh he's down. And one! Presents itself with what you got to take. You can't. It's knocked away. Still loose. Doherty, the heave. Oh, my God! Welcome to the Straight Out of Whack podcast. What's up, everybody? It is the Straight Out of Whack live show. How are we doing today? It is Monday, December 4th. Daryl is with me. We're going to bring him in right now. What's up, everybody? Like I said, uh, it's kind of an interesting day. Net rankings were out. We released our power rankings. There's a lot going on. Crazy weekend. I love my family dearly. But uh, like I said, I'm grateful that we were able to get our family together for Christmas party. But it's kind of tough not to be able to watch any ball games. Uh, especially the late games on the men's side. So that was a little disappointing, but it is what it is. So here we go. Daryl, let's talk about this weekend. How was your weekend? Uh, you were busy quite a bit this weekend. Yeah. Um, I had a, the Division Two West Region Volleyball Semifinals on Friday. Saturday, watched the full slate of WAC game, women's games in the morning, and then went to cover a high school tournament final on Saturday night. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So busy weekend for both of us. Um, I did get to watch the majority of the women's games on Saturday before I left for my family party since they were in the afternoon. Uh, There was some really good ball games, including a thriller in Nacogdoches. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's get down to it. The first whack hoops power rankings of the 2023-24 season. Let's break these down. I'm going to pull up the women's first since that's what Daryl and Chelsea put together. So here they come. As you can see, we got CBU at number one, Grand Canyon number two, Utah Tech number three, Stephen F. Austin number four, ACU number five, Tarleton at six, Southern Utah at seven, UT Arlington at eight, Utah Valley at nine, Seattle U at 10, and winless UTRGV at 11. So let's talk a little bit about these, Daryl. What, what do you, first off, I know people are going to ask why CBU over Grand Canyon at number one? Um, six and oh, all you have to do is look at the, um, the record six and oh, with, with three uh, WNIT wins and non-conference NCAA tournament win and a win over the NCAA tournament rep from the WAC from last year in Southern Utah. Um, folks might say, well, there's no power five opportunities on the Lancer schedule. Yes, but beat who's in front of you. No bad losses. Um, time will tell if the GCU lost to Montana at home at GCU arena. Um, the Monday after the Oregon game will be a bad loss, but for right now it, we're calling it a bad loss. I mean, they're supposed to be in the top half of the, the big sky again. So for right now, that hangs as a bad loss on the Lopes ledger. Um, the two wins in the GCU classic, um, they were, they were really supposed to get, um, the win at UTA in Texas this weekend, they were supposed to get, although I don't know that anybody thought it would be by the margin that it ended up being. But for right now, it's the Lancers at one based on the fact that they haven't lost yet at home or at all. And they've beaten who they've beat. They were supposed to beat, and plus that Portland win, over an NCAA tournament team last year. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big reason, obviously. And the Lancers have played quite a few road games. And Portland just beat Oregon by 30. What was it? 33 points, if I remember right? 31 points? 31. It was 46 to 18 at half. And I remember turning on or scrolling through Twitter on Thursday and I saw that pop up. I was like, is that a misprint? And then I even texted Chelsea and we're like, whoa, that's not right. That, that definitely turned a few heads. Yeah. It is very, very interesting in that, you know, but there's opportunities abounding for each team. SFA uh, women is there after their double overtime thriller against Abilene Christian on Saturday at neck. They're two and own whack play. Allen Christians look really good. Their offense is really good. They have a really good freshman in Peyton Hole. Uh, Tarleton got congrats to Bill Brock on his first whack win as a head coach at UTRGV on Saturday. Southern Utah looked much better in that dominating win over Seattle U on Saturday. Uh, UT Arlington, they were competitive in their whack opener. Saturday, not so much. Like that was just a struggle all around. I mean, it was an ugly right off the, right out the gate. Like the first eight minutes or so was just bad uh, for the Mavericks. They're they're in a bit of a struggle right now, trying to figure out roles and trying to figure out the youth movement and um, some players that are transferred in taking on different roles in their previous stops. Uh, Utah Valley, you know, they lost at Seattle U, um, and then they lost at home to Utah Tech. Uh, so it, it's it's very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Seattle U, you know, they beat Utah Valley, but then they got smoked at Southern Utah. So we don't, and they only have one win on the season. And then UTRGV is winless. So I think it's a little top heavy right now on the on the women's side in the WAC in the Western Athletic Conference. What do you think, Daryl? Oh yeah, very top heavy. Um, one to about. Five, maybe six, have a legitimate shot of doing some damage in the WAC tournament. Heck, even you know if they get to the WNIT or the WBI, doing some pretty good things. Um, that race for the seven and eight spots to get to Vegas looks like it's going to be pretty interesting based on the first week of the of a conference play. Yeah, yeah, I'm very interested to see how that happens. I think, like you said, I think we got five teams. For sure that will be there six, maybe seven. And then the other four, I think, are kind of – it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for sure, for sure on the women's side. So let's take a look at the men's power rankings now. Uh, I don't know why I uploaded the wrong one. I apologize, you guys. Give me just a second. We'll bring up the men's. I had to fix something today that Daryl pointed out. So we're going to bring up the men's here. It is uploading, but uh, I, I don't think there's any surprises on the men's side. Although you never know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the men's side. Grand Canyon at number one, Tarleton, 2-0 in whack play. They won four straight. And their only losses were at Virginia and at Bradley. Two very good teams. Bradley won the SoCal Surf Division Championship. So very good Bradley team. Then you got CBU, who smoked Southern Utah in their lone whack game this week. They host Utah Tech on Tuesday at the Fowler Event Center in Riverside. UT Arlington, uh, they beat ACU, and then they hung with GCU on Saturday night at GCU Arena. Chippy ball game. Uh, some free throws for the Lopes were the key to that win. You know, the Mavericks had upset, you know, 
thoughts on their mind, but they couldn't pull it out. SFA, they lost their WAC opener to Tarleton in Nacogdoches, and then they go beat ACU in overtime. Utah Tech, right there after their win over Utah Valley, they are going to surprise some people, I think. After That's what we learned on Saturday night. Seattle U lost to Utah Valley, then came back, beats Southern Utah by 10. So I think they're, they need John Christophilus back. Once they get him back, I think they're going to be very good, and they'll be in the top four or five in the WAC. I don't know why I had four next to SFA. Gosh, editing problems, people. Editing problems. Just forgive me for this. SFA is five on these power rankings. Uh, number nine is ACU. Obviously, they lost by double figures at UT Arlington, and then they lost at home to SFA. They're struggling right now. Um, UTRGV, I, I don't know what to make of this team. They hung with GCU, and then they should have beat Tarleton in Wisdom Gym. They just got to get over the hump. They got to figure out how to close games. That's the biggest thing with that team. And then Southern Utah got beat bad at home by CBU and then got beat by double digits on the road at CLU. So this is where I need to figure out my editing skills. I thought I had it right. Daryl, you need to catch these things next time I show these things to you. But uh, this is where my men's power rankings hang right now. I don't think there's any real surprise at the top. I think what's been really impressive on the men's side is to see the response of Tarleton without their head coach, Billy Gillespie. Joseph Jones is, what, 4-0 as the acting head coach? Yep, yep. That, that's, you don't see that in a lot of situ, situations. To do that, you, you, need, you need a lot of senior leadership and some underclassmen that are willing to buy into what the acting head coaches uh, bring to the table. Yeah, and I'll have an interview with the voice of the Texans, Kyle Cruz. It'll come up later on this Straight Outta Whack live show. But we wanted to break down these power rankings. We'll be back in 30 seconds as we get into some of the games from a busy Saturday. We're back. Everybody, if you want to get our write-ups, our weekly, some of our, I don't want to say weekly because we're going to do it three or four times a week, newsletter, go to our Substack page. It's whackhoopsnation.substack.com. Subscribe. You can sign up for a free subscription or you can sign up for a paid subscription. We offer $8 per month or $80 per year. Here is a kicker. And if you're watching this, I hope you are. $80 per year subscription. It's a one-time payment. If we can get to 100 yearly subscribers, we will pick two of our subscribers to pay for their rooms at the Orleans Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas for the WAC tournament. So get subscribing, sign up for those paid subscriptions, and let's get somebody their rooms paid for. All right? We love the support. We love the interactions. We love the readership. Uh, it's fantastic. So be if you want to subscribe, whackhoopsnation.substack.com. I believe that's what it is. I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing, you guys. Yeah, whackhoopsnation.substack.com. 
Go subscribe now today. Anyways, let's get to these women's games from Saturday. Like we said, congrats to Bill Brock, Tarleton head coach, on his first whack win as the Texans got a 72-66 win at UTRGV. They had a big fourth quarter. That's what the difference was in that game down there in Edinburgh. Southern Utah, Tracy Mason's crew bounced back with a 27-point win over Seattle U. People don't realize that around this time last year, Daryl, that the T-Birds were, had the, like, a similar record where they were like 2-4 and four or 1-4 and four or whatever, and then they went on to win a WAC regular season title. So don't think that the start of a season is what determines if you win a WAC tournament or a WAC championship. No, 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 you're right, Kyle. And at, m- most important of all was that the T-Birds split their games this week. Um, because, you know, starting out 0-2, that's a tough hole to climb out of. Wasn't it Utah Valley a couple of years ago that started, what, 0-3 or 0-4 and, and found their way to a WAC tournament spot in uh, Josie Williams' final year in uh, Orem? Yep. Yeah, so don't, don't, don't think about the start of a season, you know, put too much stock in it because... I would say this is the same spot that Southern Utah was in last year. Then they went on to win the WAC regular season and tournament titles. So just keep that in mind as you're watching Southern Utah basketball, women's basketball. Uh, Grand Canyon won its fourth straight dominating win, 77-48 over UT Arlington or at UT Arlington. Molly Miller's crew kind of showed the WAC or put the WAC on notice that there's a reason why they were picked to win the WAC. I mean, two double-digit wins, and both of them really weren't close. Uh, I know that, you know, people will say, well, UT Arlington's only won one game. UTRGB hasn't won any games. But still, they did what they were supposed to do in those in those wins. Right, Daryl? Yeah, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, UTRGB, you might say the, well, the final score was only a 13-point win. Yeah, but um, they, were, they were up by as much as 20 or in the 20s for a good majority of that game. Um, and then UTRGB or UT Arlington on Saturday... I mean, they jumped out to a 22-4 lead and just ran with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's one of those things. Like, you have to – they have to win these games this way to legitimize being picked to win the WAC after some struggles to start the season, but they're going to be just fine. Like, I think they did exactly what they needed to do um, in their first two WAC games. So we'll see what they do as they get finishing up their non-conference slate, you know, in December, because they got some big games coming up. Arizona State this weekend, um, and then they go on Friday um, at Arizona State over in Tempe, and then they go to Idaho on Sunday. So there's there's some opportunities there. Let's talk about um, Utah Tech got its first whack win. It was their first whack game of the season because they had Tuesday off, obviously. They play this next Tuesday, uh, but they beat Utah Valley 73-59. Um, in the old Hammer rivalry in Orem. That was a I'm game that was a lot closer than it, the final score says it was. It was a two-possession game till, I think it was like the last, what, two minutes, 90 seconds, something like that? And then Utah yeah. Tech made their free throws, hit their hit their threes late, and did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, it's just one of those, you know, uh, things where there's just more experience and more and I, I, I have a tough time saying this because I love Dan Nielsen. I love his crew and I love his team. There's just a little bit more experience and a little bit more. Um, I don't even know what the word is. I keep forgetting it. Every one of these shows, I forget it. Uh, there's consistency, I guess you could say, maybe because they played, the Trailblazers played together for so long. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I just think that was the key down the stretch there in Orem. Um, let's get to the other, arguably the game of the day that came at the sawmill in Nacogdoches, right? Double overtime thriller, big time performances from key players and a wild finish as the SFA Lady Jacks came out with an 89-82 double overtime win over Abilene Christian to improve to 2-0 in whack play. Third straight win for the Lady Jacks. I am going to be honest, Daryl. I don't know that I saw SFA being 2-0 in whack play after the first two games. You know, a lot of us had a, had um, SFA so low just because of what they lost from last year. You know, Mark Kellogg moves on to West Virginia. Jordan Harrison, Zion Nugent follow suit. Um, but there was still a, a good amount in the cupboard. I think the biggest question was how it was all going to come together. And it seems like for Leonard Bishop and crew, it has come together, and it has come together in a pretty big way. Um, they escaped Tarleton with, what was it, a 13-point win in a game that they were tied with the Texans after three quarters. Yep. They, they found ways to win games, and that's what matters in the months of November and December. Um, now, grant you, they had the one really bad showing against North Texas, but I think at this point we can call that an outlier. Um, but the way they responded to being down 7-0 right out of the gate in that first overtime, that says something. To answer 7-0, force that double overtime, and then win the game, that says something about a group. And I think this Lady Jack team is going to figure out how to be a part of the upper half of the whack this season, despite what they lost in coaching change and in the portal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because I, I don't want to say it's hard. So what happens when all those players leave? You know, Angel Scott, Jordan Harrison, um, and a few others, Zion Nugent, Avery Brittingham, so forth and so on. Other players get a chance to, to, to play, right? Like, that's what we're seeing right now. You know, we knew Tyler McClimate Call was there. We knew Kirsten Harden was there. Destiny Lombard and Kyla Deck have stepped into the roles of those other key players, and they've, they've lived up to it. And Avery Van Sickle, she is a closer. Most of her points, she had 13, I believe, against ACU. I'm looking over it again. She had 13. That came in the fourth quarter or later, most of yep. it. You know, she same, did the same, same thing on uh, same thing on Wednesday. Yeah, she did the same thing at Tarleton. And it's not it's not, you know, knocking down a free throw here or there. She's knocking down three pointers, she's knocking down key free throws. So, like these players are making the most of their opportunity. I guess I shouldn't with a with a name like Bishop Leonard Bishop. I guess I should have never doubted SFA in that regard because, I mean, he's making the right calls and the players that didn't maybe get the minutes last year. By staying and playing for Leonard Bishop, they're getting the minutes now and they're contributing on a big. I mean, that game double overtime thrill like ACU got out to uh, score the first seven points of the first overtime. And then SFA came roaring back. And then, you know, after Abilene Christian took a two-point lead in the second overtime, it was a 7-0 run by Kyla Deck that basically won the game for the Lady Jacks. Kyla Deck had 25 points and 11 rebounds for Lady Jacks. Peyton Hull, the ACU freshman, 
She continued her scoring tear with 25 points. Addison Martin had 20 points for the Wildcats. Bella Earl nearly had her third triple-double with 15 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. Uh, You know, Destiny Lombard almost had a triple-double with 18 points, nine assists, and six rebounds. Kirsten Harden had 17 points. Like, just a wild game all around. It was fun to watch. Let's put it that way. It was absolutely fun fun to watch. And let's keep in mind that SFA played the overtime and the double overtime without Harden, who fouled out late in regulation. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, two good teams. ACU can score, and we see that SFA has the tools and the the, the key the pieces in place to win games late. They've done it twice in their first two whack games. So these two teams will be very fun to watch as we move forward. We're going to take another 30-second break and come back and talk about the men's games. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I just want to share something with everybody. Um, If you love collectibles, memorabilia, or just remembering your childhood or things you had in your childhood, just listen up. Perhaps maybe even you're looking for something as a stocking stuffer. I don't know. How about a Bo Jackson rookie card you saw me post the other day? Uh, Or one of your other favorite players? You're in luck. Head on over to Collect Direct and discover these timeless treasures they're inspired by collectors and fans. Go to collect, go to collectdirect.com slash Kyle Mac MAC3014 to check out some of these collections we have available. You won't regret it. I want to show you all this. Um, I'm going to share my screen real quick just so you could show it. Um, yes, if you can see this right now, check it out. Collectdirect.com slash KyleMac3014. Go to Shop Collections. Oh, my gosh. There's all kinds of stuff. Baseball, basketball, coins, watches, collectibles, college sports, uh, signed cards with autographs, so forth and so on. Don Drysdale, Jim Palmer, Baltimore Orioles. I mean, geez, there's so much here. Go to CollectDirect.com slash KyleMac3014. and Get your collectibles now. It's good stuff. I just wanted to share that with everybody so that you could see that. Anyways, Gerald, let's get to the men's games. I will admit, I did not get to watch many of these games. I watched some of the Tarleton game. I watched the ending of the Tarleton game. um, And I paid attention through stats and other things and getting text messages. Uh, I'm just going to talk about Seattle. You took care of business at home against Southern Utah. 73-63 win. Um, The other four games of the night had some adventures. Utah Tech got defensive in its 65-53 win over Utah Valley at Burns Arena. The Trailblazers held the Wolverines without a field goal for a 10-minute span in the second half. It was, that was the ball game right there. Yep, that'll uh, do it. You know, and then, you know, the other thing is Utah Tech beats Utah Valley at Burns Arena. They've won two of three against the Wolverines at Burns Arena. There's just something about that place where the Trailblazers play their best basketball um, and they beat in-state foes. They beat Southern Utah there last year as well. So 
Um, it's very wild, very big thing, you know, happy for the Trailblazer fans as a Utah Valley alum, you know, got to fix some things on the road. Got to, got to take care of business, but you know, beyond Riley, uh, Tanner Christensen, Noah Gonzalez, you know, they had big nights for the Trailblazers. So a uh, big win for John Judkins crew to be one and oh in whack play. They head to CBU on Tuesday for their second whack game, um, in this early season. Is that a uh, Tuesday nighter Texan, or a Wednesday nighter? Because the women uh, are Wednesday nighter. It might be Wednesday night. Let me look here. I might have misread the, the room there, guys. The scheduling thing where they had a mix-up at Fowler Event Center is kind of wild. Um, yeah, so it's Wednesday. Excuse me. It's Wednesday when Utah Tech and CBU do battle at Fowler Event Center. So uh, the other game, another game, you know, that we have to talk about, West Texas. Another overtime thriller and another one between SFA and ACU. Matt Heyman hit a three-pointer with about a, maybe one or two seconds left to send the game into overtime. SFA was trailing most of the night. I mean, their offense struggled. And then, you know, in the overtime period, Clayton Southwick hit a three-pointer from the corner on a cross-court pass uh, to give the Jacks, you know, to put the game away in the Jacks 79-74 win over Abilene Christian at Moody Coliseum. At GC Arena, and I heard there was some chippiness in this ball game. I wish I would have been watching to see or even been there, but you know, family, family Christmas party dictated a lot of stuff, you know, on Saturday night. Uh, Lopes fell behind, and we're trailing with just over two minutes left. This was kind of a crazy stat. I was looking at this afterwards. UT Arlington only hit one field goal over that final two and a half minute stretch, and GCU basically got to the free throw line and won. At the free throw line, they went ten for ten down the stretch to win the ball game. Like that's crazy to me. They won seventy six sixty nine. So, I mean, they wanted they attacked the rim. That shows me that they attacked the rim. I have to go back and watch the film, uh, watch the game, and see how it played out. But uh, you know, the Lopes two and zero in whack play, and they have a huge week. Uh, GCU hosts San Diego State on Tuesday night, and then they're at Liberty. Um, this weekend in a big both of those are quad one opportunities now the net rankings are out we'll talk about those in a little bit um, but big week for gcu katie turner's crew at ut arlington has showed that they can be competitive and they're going to compete in this whack in, in 2023 24 uh the best ending of the night took place at wisdom gym in stephenville uh, Hassan Abdul Hakim gave UTRGV a 75 74 lead with three seconds remaining on a layup that he hit. But the ball was inbounded quickly to Devin Barnes, who quickly got found Ja'Cory Smith on the left wing. And Ja'Cory Smith hit the shot of the night, a three pointer to give the Texans a 77 75 win to improve to 2 0 in whack play. Uh, I had a chance to talk with Kyle Cruz about the Texans. I'm going to bring him up right now um, so that people can uh, listen in on our discussion. I'm going to bring it up. I'm sorry I didn't have this ready before, but give me just a second to bring in my discussion with Kyle Cruz. Um, uh-oh. I don't know where it's at. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at. There it is. Okay. Give me just a second, folks, and I'll bring it up. 
Um, okay. It didn't work. So give me just a second here. What's up, everybody? It is this segment of the Straight Out of Whack live show where we're going to talk about some Tarleton hoops. Texans won four straights, open whack play at 2 0. Uh, I'm going to play a clip before I bring in my guest on this segment. So give me just a second to pull this up so that you can hear this. Uh, this is kind of an exciting thing that happened on Saturday in Stephenville at Wisdom Gym. Point one to go, inbound Barnes, ahead, Smith, three left side for the win, he got it, Joe Corey, Joe Corey Smith, the three-pointer at the gun, and the Texans have won it at the buzzer. Joe Corey catches and shoots and scores. So I'm going to bring in the man behind the call, Kyle Cruz, the voice of the Texans. Kyle, did you think that that was, like, how did you leave? First off, I'm so glad that we get to talk. It's been a while since we've visited and chatted on this this straight out of wax show. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, everything is great in Stephenville, Kyle. I appreciate you giving the time uh, to visit. It's basketball season, our uh, favorite time of year, my friend. Absolutely. And you did the radio calls, if I remember right, for the football team who had one of their best seasons in a while. Is that right? So actually, the radio voice of our football program is Byron Anderson. Yeah, I I have the privilege of having the opportunity during that part of the year to be the TV uh, coverage for our soccer and our volleyball program. Byron does a phenomenal job. But yeah, yeah, just to piggyback on that, Todd Witten and his crew, they had a great year uh, going eight and three this year. They were about a minute to 90 seconds of good football away from being 10 and one. Um, and so, yeah, great year for Tarleton football. Um, that'll springboard them into full division one membership next year. Yeah. That's like you said, this is the last year of the transition phase. So still not eligible for the NCAA tournament in any sport right now, but it's an exciting time in Stephenville. Uh, let, let's, let's go back to two weeks ago, feast week, SoCal challenge. Austin PA, CSU Bakersfield, a couple of wins. Ja'Cory Smith, really good in that tournament, was the tournament MVP in the Sand Division. What has, what are you seeing? Okay, first off, I knew Ja'Cory Smith was going to be dynamite this year. I said it. He was one of my preseason candidates for WAC Player of the Year. What is he doing that is so, makes this team so good? Because we know he can knock down perimeter shots, but people don't understand how big and strong this dude is. I think it's beyond the box score, to be honest with you, Kyle. It's the veteran leadership that Jacory provides. And he talked about it after the big win against Florida International, uh, the first year, year uh, win of the year for the Texans. He said the important thing for this team can't get too high and can't get too low. We, we've got to take it a day at a time here. And so I think his veteran leadership, you know, beyond – uh, the, his ability to stretch the floor on the offensive end. He's a terrific rebounder, and he brings the accountability defensively, leading the team in steals uh, with 20 of those so far this year. It's beyond the box score with Ja'Cory Smith. It's that kind of even keel, veteran leadership, the mentality that he brings to the court day-to-day uh, alongside Lou Williams and Keandre Gaddy. Those are two other guys. You know, uh, They are seniors that play by example each and every day, and it's been a big part of the Texans' success early this year. Maybe talk about Keandre Gaddy. I mean, he played 
here and there last year, I mean, the, the roster was loaded with some talent last year that he had to play behind, but stepping into a bigger role, starting role, like talk about his game and what you see and what you like and what he's doing that's making him so special. Keandre Gaddy is one of the best stories in college basketball, Kyle. When you, when you look at his journey and how he has gotten to where he is today, talking about a guy who didn't even play basketball, formal basketball, until being a sophomore in high school. I mean, put that into context. When you watch how he plays, I mean, he's taking games over on the glass. Uh, he leads the whack right now in offensive rebounding. He had 10 more boards in the win on Saturday, but seven blocks. It just shows what he's bringing down low. For Tarleton State, there's a physicality and aggressiveness and, and really, like I said, a leadership mentality that Keandre is bringing to the lineup. And I know Joseph Jones has been so fired up. He talked about it postgame on Saturday. You're seeing these things from Key right now, the 18 points, 10 rebounds, 7 blocks, all the hard work he put in in the summer. It's all paying off now. And like I said, one of the best stories in college basketball, easy guy for, to root for. Okay, let's let's walk. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's walk through these two whack games that that have been going on. So you have the win at SFA, where they almost gave it away. If we're being real, like you were there, like you you saw it, that they almost gave it away. They tried. <laughs> I mean, Matt Heyman misses two free throws, but SFA gets the offensive board, and they get a good look from three that Kamari Wilson can't knock down. And then you bring you come back to face UTRGV at Wisdom Gym, who beat the Texans, one of two teams to beat the Texans at Wisdom Gym last year, down by one. I mean, it just – what is it about this team that they're able to pull out those games? I mean, that that road win at SFA to start whack play, that, that's a huge win for the Texans. The composure is really what has stood out to me and the ability to handle adversity. You look at that game in Nacogdoches, Kyle, and there's two really oh-no moments in it. You know, the Texans come out. They score 12 of the first 15 points. They settle in nicely into the game. That's important to do with the sawmill uh, to get the good vibes rolling early. SFA settled in nicely. They score 31 of the next 46. It's 34-27 right before the half. And that's kind of one of those oh-no moments where you're like, here's SFA. They're going to take control at home. We've seen it time and again. Well, the Texans, they score seven straight to go into the locker room. The big three from Ja'Cory Smith uh, at the top of the key. That sends it to the break 34-34. That gives you a better feeling if you're the Texans. You're engaged in that game, and you've got 20 minutes to go take the basketball game. There's another moment in that second half. SFA reels off a run. They get up nine, 55-46. That's really where you're feeling, oh, no. This is where they go on their late run and put you away. Charlton State scores the next 15 points. The ability to be able to keep their composure there and to stay engaged in that game, a group like this, like I said, only five returners from the team last year. A lot of new players involved here are still settling into their roles. So the composure really stands out. And here's the thing, too, Kyle. We look at the win over RGV on Saturday. That's a game that featured 15 ties and 26 lead changes. Those are two teams that are fighting and fighting and fighting. Ja'Cory's going to get a lot of the credit, the big three from the left side, to win the game, and he should. That's a tough shot to hit. Dalen Williams, a great contest, as good as you can in transition on the left wing. The sophomore Devin Barnes, the heads up, the moment that ball goes through the basket from uh, Hassan Abdul-Akim, he's waiting for it. He's telling, get me the basketball. He pushes it ahead. If the sophomore Devin Barnes doesn't make that heads up play to hurry it into the front court, Ja'Cory may not get that look. So the two things that right. have stood out to me 
You've got the composure and the ability to handle adversity. And this team being a next play type of team, that is what's put them in the position to be 6-2 and two overall and 2-0 and oh inside the Western Athletic Conference. And, and here's the thing. People, I think, after that that loss to Virginia to start the season when I think it was, it was a 30-point loss, like, and then the Bradley game, it's like, is this Tarleton team for real? Is it like, what, what are we going to get from them? They've reeled off four straight wins. You know, they beat a couple of good teams at the SoCal Challenge. They've opened whack play 2-0. And the last four have been without their head coach, Billy Gillespie, who's been dealing with a medical circumstance. I mean, that's impressive in and of itself. Not to, I feel like that's a rallying cry, too, to win for Billy in a sense. Am I missing something with that? It's twofold, and I'm going to refer. I'm going to defer to Billy Clyde on this one because he texted me following the win over Austin P. And he said, "Keep in mind, Virginia and Bradley; those are two really good basketball teams. They're going to beat a lot of people this year." And I think going into those games, there was a little bit of a misconception. And, and I'll stand in that court myself. You look at the Virginia game going in; they returned only one starter from a year ago. I think, if I remember correctly, they lost something crazy like 82 percent of their offense from last year. So you get into that basketball game, you think, hey, this is a good matchup for the Texans. They get this into a rock fight early. Virginia's come out of the gate slow offensively some years. But here's what you don't take into account. This is a group of new players for Tarleton State, 16 newcomers when they broke camp. There's a lot of guys that are filling in new roles. While Virginia had new starters, these are guys that have been playing together for two or three years. So once they had gotten to a rhythm offensive early, you just offensive rhythm early, you just get the feeling like, oh, hang on, tap the brakes. This matchup may not have been what we thought it was coming in. I also think you can attribute that to the Bradley game. They had a core return last year. Did or this year, excuse me, did Bradley from last year's team? So I think as as good as those teams are, and once again, Virginia and Bradley are going to beat a lot of people this year. Time and circumstance is critical there. These are two. This is a basketball team that was playing their first game ever under the lights against Virginia and their third ever against Bradley. And keep in mind, Bradley, they won the other half of the SoCal Challenge. Those are two quality basketball teams. So I wouldn't read too much into the losses of Virginia and Bradley because, as Coach G said, those are two really good teams. If anything, you can add that credit to them, not necessarily discredit Tarleton State. Flip it over and look at the four-game win streak. And the guys, you know, there is a rallying cry to win for Coach Chi. I remember getting on the bus, coming back home. Lou Williams brings the Sand Division Championship on, and he sits it down in Coach's seat. He says, that's for G, right there. So there is a little bit of that. But here's the other side. you got to give credit to Joseph Jones as well. You're talking about a guy during Billy Gillespie's career. He's won 195 games. Joseph Jones has either been in a uniform or been on the staff for 115 of those. If there's anybody that understands not only how to employ Coach Gillespie's style of play, but to understand how to operate throughout a 40-minute contest, it's Joseph Jones. And there's a reason that when Coach G stepped aside that he felt, and obviously Coach, there's going to be a weight on his shoulders because Coach wants to be with his guys, but there's a comfortability with handing it off to Joe and knowing this is one of my guys that's going to be running this now. And so I think that it is twofold. I think that you know, you look at the Virginia and Bradley games, while to the casual observer that might be concerning, I think if you really look at the matchups, though, those are tough, tough matchups in games one and three of a regular season for a brand-new basketball team. And keep in mind, while the guys are playing for Coach G, there is no way around it. His guy, Joseph Jones, is doing a phenomenal job in his stead holding down the fort. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And here, the nice thing is the Texans get kind of a, I don't want to say a break, okay? We're, we're not going to dis discount any opponent, but a pair of uh, non-D1 games coming up, Harden Simmons tomorrow in Stephenville at Wisdom Gym, and then Sterling College a week from Tuesday. So they kind of get a break here as finals week comes up. But then the following week after, you got the WAC Conference USA scheduling initiative game with Jacksonville State in at Wisdom Gym, and then you go to number 10, Tennessee. So I, I don't know. that That's, that's going to be – this week is a nice little breather, I guess, from everything that they've gone through in the first month of the season. What do you think, you know, Joseph Jones wants to see from this squad in these two non-D1 games – um, you know, maybe get some guys some minutes that don't usually get minutes. Well, first and foremost, he wants to win. That's that's the number one concern every time a Billy Gillespie team hits the floor is you want to win the basketball game when it hits triple zeros. But I think really we talked about it postgame. It's doing things the Tarleton State kind of way through these next couple of weeks. As we both know, there's going to be games like this on your schedule where you're a heavy favorite, quote-unquote, expected to win. But that's not the expectation for Charlton State. The expectation is to attack each and every day the Texan way, the way that Billy has taught them, the way Joseph Jones is employing them in his stead right now. I think it's taking care of business on the home front, doing the things that have made you who you are, continuing to play tough defense, not just in those games, but when you're out here working out each and every day in Wisdom Gym, continuing to attack the glass, continuing to mesh as a unit. And then the other side of it, something else Coach G, Coach Jones, the rest of the staff take a lot of pride in is taking care of things in the classroom. This is a very important time of year from an academic standpoint. All the guys are doing a great job staying locked in right now. Um, true, true student athletes here on this men's basketball program. So I think if there's a best way to, to kind of, uh, you know, define how they navigate through the, the quote unquote non D1 games, it's really just taking care of business the way you know how. Uh, day to day. And then the next two games, Kyle, those are huge matchups for Charlton State. Obviously, anytime you want to get involved um, with playing teams in Conference USA, you, you want to put your best foot forward. They've already done so in that 17 point win against Florida International. They'll have another great chance against Jacksonville State here at home later in the month. And then if the Texans can take care of business like they'd hope, you just let it rip in Rocky Top, man. I mean, that's a Rick Barnes coach squad that is going to be arguably the biggest challenge of the year. But keep in mind, if there's anybody that knows Rick Barnes and know how to attack that game, Coach G and Joseph Jones have done that dance a couple of times when they yep. sit at the college station with the head man of the volunteers. Absolutely, absolutely. And we know that Tarleton has its knack for – keeping things interesting in these big ball games against power conference teams. We've seen it over the years uh, with Billy Gillespie's teams. And I mean, like we said, that Virginia game was kind of a weird one because you didn't expect Virginia to, to shoot the ball so well. And Tarleton, like you said, was breaking in 16 new players. So uh, maybe it'll be a little different this time when they go to a power conference opponent in Tennessee um, on December 21st, December 18th, when they host Jacksonville state, I told Kyle this, before we start recording, I will be in Stephenville for that game, my first trip to Stephenville. So, Kyle, I'm going to ask you this as we end this segment. Maybe a place to eat for lunch that you would highly recommend since I'll be down there early uh, to check out campus and so forth and so on. So, re remind me, Kyle, what day of the week are we on? We've got some establishments here that aren't open until Thursday. So, what? Uh, uh, that's a Monday, what, December. That's Monday. So, well, you're going to be in Texas. Barbecue never fails. Heart, heart Aid's a good spot 
here in town. Uh, there's another R&R Barbecue another good one. Um, we have a new spot, BJ's Restaurant, that is right off the square. They make a terrific pizza. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. Uh, Greer's Ranch Cafe is another one on the square that I would recommend. Um, and so, you, you know, it, when it comes to basketball, I can give you some direct answers. But we start talking food spots in Stephenville. We may need to break this down a little further in, in another conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it and breaking it down. Two weeks, like I said, I'll be in Stephenville for that Jacksonville State ball game. Looking forward to that trip. First trip to Stephenville. It's crazy. I've been to Nacogdoches, been to Huntsville, been to Abilene. I just haven't gotten to Stephenville. Finally get to do that this month. So looking forward to it. Kyle Cruz, the voice of the Texans, appreciate the time today. And, uh, you know, enjoy the week. I mean, you only got one game this week with the men, one game next week. And, you know, in two weeks, then you're back at it big time on the big stage. So appreciate the time. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we're excited to have you into the City of Champions. Thank you for everything you do uh, for the conference uh, covering uh, the Western Athletic Conference. I, I mean, it is a huge service that you do. So thank you uh, for everything you do for the conference, and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Everybody will be back in about 30 seconds. Like I said, on that clip, we will be back in 30 seconds as we collect our breath and finish out the show by talking about the net rankings. All right, you guys, I am going to share my screen right now. Uh, we'll share the first. We'll talk about the men's first. But the first rankings, uh, net rankings came out today, as you can see. We're right here. Grand Canyon at 58 on the men's side, the only top 100 men's team in the WAC at 58. That big week, like I said, coming up with Liberty and San Diego State this week. SFA at 101. Um, and then we have UTRGV that brings in the rear here at 335. Uh, they do not have a Division One win yet, so uh, hoping they can get over the hump there. But you can see the GCU win right there. San Francisco is at 49, so that was a good win for GCU. You know, if they would have beat uh, South Carolina in that um, Arizona tip-off classic, they probably would have had probably would have been in the top 40, maybe even top 30, because South Carolina is up there as well. So a little bit of work to do. I'm going to stop sharing this screen. Uh, we're going to share the women's screen. Daryl can break it down for us as well. Um, we're going to share it here. Division One women's basketball. As you can see, you know, we got the women's screen. I GCU. think what, su what surprised ahead. me was that CBU wasn't a little bit higher in the net. Um, all, you know, at 6-0 and with the quality of wins that they've had so far, you know, 96 seemed a tad bit low to me. But I mean, I mean, I don't know how the quads are going to break themselves out. But you know, with three WNIT wins and an NCAA tournament win, um, you would have thought ninety six would have been a tad low. But all in all, a good initial net ranking for the WAC. I mean, most of our teams in the top one seventy five of the net, which means we're in the top half of Division One. Yeah. So 
I mean, it's a, it's a good start. You know, last year, I believe it was Sam Houston on the men's side was at like seven to start, you know, and then Utah Valley climbed up there as well. Uh, you know, on the men's side, I think there's opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities coming in the month of December for WAC teams to make a move. Um, I, I think GCU, you know, if they can win these two games this week, I mean, they're going to be set. Like they could be the number one seed regardless if they win the regular season title or not, because, uh, you know, they just have so many opportunities for those quad one wins. Utah Valley has a bunch of opportunities for quad one wins this week or this month. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for the men's teams, women's teams, same thing. Um, it's going to be fun to watch over this next three weeks or so. What happens? We got more WAC Conference USA, um, more WAC Conference USA scheduling initiative games. Ugh, I don't like that name. They, they, the marketability of that whole thing was bad. Like they should have WAC Conference USA challenge, plain and simple. You know, like this, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. They should name it. Anyways, that's a whole nother show, whole nother time for another show. But, uh, Anyways, everybody, remember, subscribe to the WACHOOPSNation.substack.com newsletter so you get our newsletter in your inbox at least three times a week, if not more, depending on what kind of stories we share. We're going to have some in-depth stories. We're going to have some profile stories. We're going to have some great stuff coming on there. Sign up for a free subscription or you sign up for a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription. Remember, if you sign up for a yearly subscription, you can be one of those people that is in a drawing for a room at WAC Vegas paid for, you know, when you go down there for the WAC tournament in March, uh, depending on if we get to a hundred paid yearly subscribers. So get on it, share with your friends, tell them to get paid. You know, it's $80. I know it's Christmas time. I know everybody's maybe strapped, but you know, we love the sport. We love and appreciate all that you, uh, the following and everything you do for us. So for myself, for Daryl, everybody enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thanks for tuning in to the straight out WAC live show. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Straight Out of Whack podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Remember to follow Whack Hoops Nation on all your favorite social media platforms. <laughs>